Praise the Lord. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to John 3. John 3. Praise the Lord. John 3. I, like Zach, I, I'm going to speak on it. He doesn't know what I was speaking on, and I didn't know what he was going to speak on. But like him, I'm going to tell you about a man that didn't understand the things of God. How many of us here have read the Bible and it's just like looking at a blank page and we, we just don't get anything out of it? And then one of the times that we'll read it, it'll just come alive. The, the words will jump off the page at us. And uh, in John 3, we're going to read from verse 1 through 12. And it's going to tell us about a man who wasn't just an ordinary man. He was an educated man. Hallelujah. And that doesn't mean everything either. I've met many educated idiots in my life. So, but this man was an educated man who knew many things. He was high up in government. He had a place. He would be someone that you would come if you were having a problem or if you needed some spiritual advice. This is a man that you would come to and ask the advice, but yet he didn't know and understand all the things of God. Let us read together. It's, uh, I don't know, I haven't given you time to put it up, Jess, but it's uh, John 3, 1 through 12 in, in the New King James. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and to you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe when I tell you, if I tell you heavenly things? I pray that God will add a blessing to the reading of his special, precious word. The title of my message today is A Real New Beginning. A real new beginning. I'm sure that many of you are familiar with the old saying, 
if I knew now, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have lived my life totally differently. How many of us would agree with that statement? I know that I'm sure that nearly every one of us here today, if we look back in our lives, there would be something that we would like to change over. I know I am guilty. I have done so many things that I wish I'd never done. I've seen so many things I wish I'd never seen. And I wish I could go back and change it. How many others in here this morning, and you would like, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but you would like to go back. I believe that every one of us would like to go back and change some part of our lives and live it over again. The truth is, if we had our lives to live over again in our old flesh, listen to what I'm saying to you, if we got the opportunity to live them over again in our old flesh, perhaps we would still make mistakes. Maybe not the same mistakes as we did the last time, but that regardless, when we're living in the flesh, there are mistakes that we would mistake. But as long as we live in a worldly mode, it is unavoidable for us to make mistakes. But as we turn our lives over to Christ, we have a new life, a fresh start. Listen to what I'm saying to you. That's when the new start comes, the real fresh start. And a new beginning. How many of us would love have a, oh, if only I could just have a new beginning, a fresh start. But if we were to have that with our old, fleshly, worldly thinking, it wouldn't be long before we were doing the same old wrong things. The Bible says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Here was Nicodemus, a devout teacher, a learned man. Some college professor had gone through all their school. Dr. Crudgington. I'll use her as an example this morning because she loves me, and if I say something wrong, she'll forgive me. But Dr. Crudgington didn't become a doctor overnight. At the time when... Dr. Crudgington was studying to be a doctor. I had the pleasure of them staying with us in our home. And she had a little room down at the bottom of the stairs that had, didn't have any windows, had a bed in it and a little table. And oftentimes, if you would pass along the hallway or come down the stairs, you would see in the midnight hours a little light shining from underneath that door. Why was the light on? Because she was studying to show herself approved. And she was determined to put her through, herself through medical school. Her grandmother and her grandfather were very, very proud of her, just like they were all of their grandchildren. But they were proud of her because of her dedication, and she was determined. And now she's a fantastic pediatrician. And I oftentimes give her a call and ask for a consult. <laughs> the reason I go to her first is because she doesn't charge me anything. 
and she'll give me a consult and uh, she will give me good advice. But she, see, I wouldn't be calling Paul Garman for advice on the medical realm. I, I just wouldn't. If I needed to know about golf, I would call you, Paul. But uh, if I needed a medical answer, I would call him. And that was what Nicodemus was. He was a learned man. But yet, in his own worldly learning, he didn't know nor understand the things of God. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Here was Nicodemus, a devout teacher of the law, an older man, well-respected. He was a leader in the temple, but yet he couldn't understand the mercies of grace. Grace is an awesome thing. Here's a man that if we had a spiritual question, that's who we would go to. But yet he couldn't un comprehend to have this new life in Jesus. He was living under the law, which was all about good works. Many people live and they think that if they do good works. Now, I find, so you're clear, Barney, just so you're clear, that when you're a Christian, you automatically want to do good works. When I was saved and got born again, it was no problem for me. I just understood and thought that that was a thing that I had to do. But not only did I have to do it, but it was something that I wanted to do. So when you become born again, it's not compulsory for you to do good works. It's just something that comes with it that you want to. You want to be kind to your neighbor and you want to be loving. Well, that's my understanding of it anyway. So, but if you're under the law, which is all about good works, not grace, that was Nicodemus. When you give your heart to Jesus, it's the beginning of a brand new life. It's not a continuation of an old life, but the birthing into something new. It's not a continuation now of the old life. It's a birthing of new that's why it's been referred to be in the scripture as being born again. Jesus doesn't do makeovers like the TV programs that you watch and they, and they do flips, flip getting things ready for an old home. We were at Norman's and, uh, the other night for a wonderful meal with the children and with Lisa. And uh, he'd, he'd, he'd done that. On the back of his home, he has this deck. And it reminded me of Swiss Family Robinson. It goes from the bottom all the way up and then a deck and then all the way up and then another deck and then all the way up and then another deck and then into where the, the boys live in the very top floor of the home. And it looked like you were going uh, into a, a tree house. And it was gone. They, they had remodeled it and fixed it up and you did a good job. But it, this is not what happens. It's not a fixer-upper, a flip. A fixer-upper to make things look good on the outside. That's not what Jesus does. I have often seen homes advertised when I was looking for homes, and you real estate people will understand, or when you're looking for a home, the off time you'll go into a neighborhood and it'll say, builder's own home. What does that tell you? What do you think when you see that sign? 
It is the builder's own home at the end of a subdivision. It's a home that he built for himself. What it tells me is that that home was built with the finest of wood. He put more attention into that home than any other home in the neighborhood because that was a reflection of who he was as a builder. And if you buy a builder's home, normally you get the finest of, of everything in because he spares no Nothing spared, just like you, Paul, nothing spared. <laughs> Going the right way, nothing spared. And he, a builder will build a special house. Amen, can I hear an amen? amen. He puts the best, because it, he builds it for him. A reflection of his workmanship. A place, a home, for him to dwell in with his family and for his friends to come and see him in. That's what a builder's home is like. It's like Jesus, when we ask him into our lives, Jesus doesn't do redos, nor renovations. And he doesn't do it just good enough to flip it. When he, we accept him into our hearts and lives, he transforms us, and we get a complete start over. If you'll only accept his word and what he has to say, it, we are a new creation. We're a brand new man. We used to sing a song, Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad that I've been born again. And I'm glad this morning, so glad that I have been born again. He gives us a complete stand start over, a brand new life. How can you turn down such a great offer, born again, accepting Christ into your heart and your life? And if you really accept him and you allow him to move in your heart and life and do what his word tells you to do, my goodness, what a change, what a difference. When I think back down the road to where I was, and what I could have been, and I look back at some of my school chums and where they are today, and where God has so gracefully taken me to, I'm so blessed, and I'm so thankful. You see, I started, I, I knew what I did. Many people don't know what I did. I often say that if Maggie uh, had known me before I was saved, Rachel, before I was saved, she would never have married me. And if our father had anything to do with it, he wouldn't have let me marry her either. But you know, there was something that happened to me that night that I gave my heart to Jesus. It was in a church similar to this. Many of you have heard my testimony. I'm not going to go over it again, but I accepted Christ into my heart and life. I went back. I was in the army. I went back into uh, fighting in the streets, uh, riots. My friends getting shot at by snipers, and my other friends being blown up in explosions as we searched the houses and we did patrols and different things. I'd only been home for four days. I went to church and I heard a message how important it is to accept Christ into your heart and life. And at first, I didn't accept it, although I put up my hand, but I put up my hand to tell them I wasn't saved. And then when I was, they were asking me to come forward for prayer, it was quiet like this now. Oh, I'm very sorry. I don't want to get saved at all. 
I remember Simon standing there for just, it seemed like eternity looking at me. And, uh, but I didn't want to make a fool of it. But in the early hours of the morning, at a friend's house, after so many of the young people had expressed to me their testimony, and told me what happened to them and in their lives, given me their testimonies. When, when that, they, they told me all that, that was when I realized that I needed something that I didn't have. Now, it wasn't so much in the wording, but I was sitting in the seat back there about where Robert is, and I'm looking up in the platform, and these are people that I went to school with, and they're playing the songs that we were singing this morning, and they're rejoicing, and the joy that was on their faces. I didn't feel that inside me. I didn't have that inside of me. And I'm, as I'm looking up at them, and I realized that I didn't have what they had. And I knew I'd be, I, I began to search in myself that, that I needed what they did have. And at, at 2.30 in the morning, I gave my heart to Jesus. Up early in the morning, it was about 6 o'clock, I was on my way back into Aberdeen to catch a plane to fly to Belfast, Northern Ireland, into riots and all those things. I've often told you that I didn't have a Bible with me. I've also told you that I didn't have a pastor that I could go to and ask questions and talk about. I had no Christian friends in our unit where, where we were. Didn't have a pastor, didn't have a Bible. I just had that experience that happened to me. I can't put it into words for you, but my life was just turned around. My thinking was changed. I was born again. It happened to me, and it was real. And I went back in there, and I was I think, two and a half, maybe three months more in the streets, but I was changed. I drank heavy, I smoked, I did everything that soldiers do. I did it all, even Marines, Jim. We even did what Marines did. Okay. We did, I'm not gonna ask. We did, we did it all, I did it all. But you see, there was something happened. And you know, the things I used to do, I did them no more. I didn't have an interest in doing it. I had no interest at all in doing the things that I used to do. I haven't had a drink of alcohol from that day to this. And to my knowledge, I don't even have had a sherry trifle. You ever had a trifle? That's lovely. It's jello and fruit and custard and cream on top. And some people put a little bit of sherry in it. Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y. The reason I'm spelling it because I'm not getting any response from you. But sherry is this, I've never even had a sherry trifle. I smoked for a little while longer, I couldn't get the back of it. I've told Matt so many times, I couldn't get behind it and I've told others the same thing. I just couldn't give up the smoking. And you know, no more, I, I went for a couple of days and then I would tell people, and I don't know if you've been there or not, I'll bear my soul to you this morning. You, I would tell people that I'd stop, because I had really stopped. I was just having one a day. <laughs> Maybe two a day. One last thing at night, one first thing in the morning. And I, would stop, and I would used to go to church. And over there we had these sodas. Uh, Murray Cup was the name of this one. It was a red, red bottle of juice, sodas. And uh, I, had, I had a little mini then. And then this mini's got a long door, and then the side of the, the mini, I'd keep a bottle of 
Murray Cup. And before I went into church, I would be drinking up the Murray Cup to put away the smell of the cigarettes. So people could, wouldn't know that I smoked. But listen, you people that smoke, you're not hiding it from anybody. <laughs> I even smell it in the elevator when you come up. So it doesn't work. It didn't work for me, and it's not going to work for you. So, but, but eventually, I stopped smoking when I asked God to take the desire from me, and I really meant it. I really meant that I needed it. And that's what happened. And that's when I stopped smoking. And uh, I'll tell you, the Lord has had a, uh, his hand on me uh, through that time. And God has been so good. And uh, I've got no regrets from the day that I bowed the knee. Some people might say, well, you're a girl doing things like that, or this, that, and the next thing. Let me tell you, it's the best decision you could ever make in your life. Take it from someone who knows. Take it from someone that's gone through the other side. Often there's children here that have given their heart to the Lord, and they haven't lived life, or life, the worldly type of life. They've just been brought up in a Christian home, and they give their heart to the Lord, and they haven't experienced it. But I'll tell you, I've experienced the other side, and I've experienced this life, and this life is far greater. And if you're on the fence this morning not knowing what to do, let me tell you, Ask Jesus into your heart and your life, and your life will never be the same again. As Christians here this morning, those of you who have accepted Christ in your heart and life, are you making a habit of lifting Jesus up for the lost to see? It's not a case of just accepting Christ for ourselves, and we are safe and we are happy. But when you become saved, you've given a great commission. It's to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, the first time I ever gave a testimony, I couldn't even speak a few words. And many of us are not speakers. They're not given, to, but you can let your light shine. You can let your life, the way you live your life, the way you treat your wife, the way you treat your children, the way you work, the way you handle yourself, it doesn't have to be an eloquent speech or an eloquent speaker. You don't have to be like that. You've just to show and to let your light shine of the change that Jesus does in our hearts and lives. And there is a change. The more that we see, the more I seek him, the more that I grow. I pray every day, Lord, renew in me a right spirit. Give me a, a new heart. Give me a clean heart. Give me a right spirit. That my light may shine, that others might see the difference in me. That's not just words, that's a lifestyle. That I, I, now, I fall short so many times. I'm with people and I'm disappointed in myself so, so many times. But on the other hand, I'm endeavoring to let my light shine. I'm asking you this morning are you endeavoring to let your light shine? Do you, have you just come complacent in your life? At your workplace, I know Bill Palmer's place, they used to pray every, every day around the, all the workmen together. They would get together and pray in his workplace. Have we become lackadaisical where we're not doing the things that God has called us to do? The things maybe perhaps we did when we first got saved. I, I remember myself how far short sometimes I feel I've come because I was so enthusiastic about the things of God because that changed happened to me? Or do you 
hide his light under a bushel? Do you hide him and just keep it to yourself? Or are you ashamed or you don't want to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ living in your heart and in your life? Where, where, where are you standing today? Where are you at? Do your words and your actions, your attitude, imitate Jesus? Or who do they imitate? If they don't, why not? Ask yourself that question. Why not? It's never too early, but at any moment it could be too late. There are souls in hell that would give anything to have the opportunity that we have right now. Are you ready to let your light shine for Jesus this morning? I'm here to tell you that you can. You can let your light shine. You can make a difference. You don't have to keep on going the same old way. Because if you keep on going the same old way, you're going to get the same old results at the end of the day. This life is something to be lived. This life, I was telling Bill Palmer this morning, this life is a life for us to enjoy. Life is short. We don't have long at the longest. We don't know what tomorrow we will bring. And I'm here this morning, the word that Zach gave, the word I'm giving to you, sometimes we'll go and seek all different things. But it's in here. The answer is in the Bible for you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct your paths. You don't need to lean onto your own understanding. You need to look to him and allow him to change you. Am I a saint? Absolutely not. Do I fall short? Yes. So many times. But I'm endeavoring to be a better person. I'm endeavoring to be a better husband. I'm endeavoring to be a better father and grandfather a better friend, a better pastor. I'm pushing towards that mark, and I'm encouraging you, if you're not satisfied where you are today, if you're not pleased with your place in God, you can make a change. It's up to us. It's in his word. He'll tell us. He'll show us how to do it. There's none of us perfect here. There's a joy. Why are you smiling? Okay, Joy. Oh, Joy, don't tell me no more. You don't have to test part. Don't tell me no more. There's none of us perfect here today. None of us. We all fall short. Even the reverend falls short sometimes. Not often, but sometimes he does. But l let me encourage you. All I'm doing this morning, this message, I've got Swanee's finest at the back listening to me. But this message today, listen to me. I'm only trying to encourage you and to encourage myself in the Lord that we can do better and there's more for us. And he wants to bless us above. John, would you come forward, John? You, 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 can, you can do more, and you can enjoy your life more as we give our lives totally over to the Lord. You're not a redo, just ready to flip. You're a brand new person. You're a brand new man. And there's a change in your heart and in your life as if you've accepted them into your heart and life. And this morning, as we close our eyes today, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've heard it explained the best way that I can, you can expect him to come into your heart. You can ask him to come into your heart. 
and in your life. And if you believe his word, it said, says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Put your name in there. Put Derek in there. Put, put Joy in there. Put whatever your name is. Put your name in there. He loved you so much. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I can't put it any clearer than that today. And I pray this morning, if you've never made that step, you've never accepted him into your heart and life, that you'll just raise your hand and we'd love to pray with you. Or perhaps maybe you've been walking one of those that have walked the fence and you're neither hot nor cold. If you're neither hot nor cold, you make God sick. It's as simple as that. Maybe you're one of those that have maybe backslid and gone back. We want to pray with you this morning. So in the closing moments of this service, if you want us to pray with you, just raise your hand this morning. Hallelujah. If you've never accepted it into your heart and your life, you can do it today. The best decision you can ever make. Best decision. Without a doubt. You're walking the fence today and you would like to have a closer walk with him. Why don't you just raise your hand? We'd love to pray with you today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I know it's for someone here today. I want you to know that I love you. I don't want you to lose out in anything, Chris. I want you to have it all. Get it all. Because he's here for us. And he's here to bless every one of you this morning. Anyone needs prayer or a touch from the Lord? Why the prayer team come forward and we'd love to pray with you right now. In Jesus' name. I would like to pray for Gwen and, and Michael. And I also want to pray for John Baker. I want to lift him up in prayer this morning. But if there's anyone else and you would like for us to anoint you with oil to, to, to pray the prayer this morning, just come forward right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.